Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan, and this is the end of season four. Oh my god, this is such a good season. Does this season actually have any really bad episodes? I don't think it did. Um, I don't, meh. Like, I, I don't remember any of these episodes being like, I didn't like this. My least favorite episode was The Clip Show, and that's only because it relied heavily on the concept of a clip show. But it still had a plot that was fun. Yeah, this is a good season. A really good season. And it ends on a banger, too. I mean, everybody liked this episode, except for Julie Kavner, which we'll talk about when we get to the trivia. Uh, she was not a fan. Uh, Dan, tell Gabba. us a little... Gabba was coming. Yes. Tell, t- tell us a little bit about the details of today's episode. Yeah, this is the final episode of season four of The Simpsons. It'll be episode 22. First aired May 13th, 1993. It's Krusty Gets... Cancelled, but with a K. Of course, because it's crusty. We got to do the, we got to do the thing. Remember the crusty? Oh, what was it? The crusty comeback or the crusty something? And it was three Ks. And he's just like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, yes. we just had an episode where they <laughs> just did like thirty years of crusty or whatever it was, right? Yeah, it was an anniversary show or whatever. Well. And he reveals now, here it's been 35 years. Now Krusty's going to get canceled. Gets canceled. So, uh, Bart's right on the chalkboard. I will not charge admission to the bathroom. That's something that'll land you in detention. And it's the family gets ensnared in net couch gag that we've seen before. Uh, the episode actually starts off with Springfield Squares, filmed on the lovely Springfield Harbor. Where the sewage meets the sand. And you see a crab just, like, cough and spit. Yeah. And it's, there is a tidal wave coming. There's a tidal wave coming. Get out. Get out. Yeah, so everybody climbs up to Barry White Square. Come up. It's safe and it's sexy. Except for the one guy in the bottom right. Yeah. I've been in this square for 30 years. I'm not leaving. And he gets wiped out. And right then, Gabbo! Gabbo! The hell is Gabbo? And that's probably a guy. You know, a guy named Gabbo? Because <laughs> that's. Well, yeah, of course. What else would that be? And. It becomes, it's a viral thing. Yeah. Before the internet, it's. Everyone in town is like, the hell is Gabbo? What's going on? And it's on the TV. We talk about it. Kent Brockman talks about it. My favorite is Homer's like, I'm going to use the power of my brain to figure it out. And it's just a donkey laying there with flies buzzing around it. Eh, Look, Smithers, Garbo is coming. Uh, Yes, sir. (laughs) Everybody's Gabbo this and Gabbo that, but no one's saying worship this and Jericho that. So, of course, they're just like, oh, yeah, and then somebody, isn't it Jasper? He's just like, what's this about Gabbo? So, the big reveal of Gabbo is that he's a new ventriloquist act. 
Arthur Crandell and his pal Gabbo are going to be on every day at 4 o'clock. Wait, you... that's when Krusty's on. Oh, boy. And it's a big old production. Bart's, Bart's just like, that guy's going to take America by storm. All he needs is a hook. And he goes, I'm a bad little boy. Hey, caramba! He does the uh, the whole song and dance number. I can even imitate Vin Scully. And it's the greatest show that will ever exist. But Krusty's not worried. He's buried all of them. Hobos, sea captains, Joey Bishop. Don't forget the Special Olympics. Oh, yeah. I slaughtered the Special Olympics. But when the ratings come in, it turns out that... He lost to Channel Ocho. Good old. Which I Bumble- guess means he lost to Bumblebee Man. <laughs> Even the Bumblebee Man. So, Bart Milhouse and Nelson are playing with one of those electronic car sets. I had one of those when I was younger. Uh, slot cars, yeah. Little slot cars, yeah. Hey, what happens if you put your train on that and it just melts? Cool. Uh, it's four o'clock. Let's turn on Krusty. And he's immediately trying to do a ventriloquist act. One thing I always loved about this gag, it's one of the subtle things on the show that you don't recognize as a kid, is that he's got the giant mustache on so you can't see his mouth moving. Because you know he's going to suck at being a ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> he's like, hey, I got a riddle for you. Why is a raven like a writing desk? And the dummy's jaw drops off and the kids scream in terror. He's like, he can't hurt no, you. He's not alive, it's dead. Punches a hole through it, kicks it into the crowd. He even offers kids $40 if you watch his show. Checks will not be honored. And then the, the last straw is, well, we can't, we're not showing any itchy and scratchy. Move to Gabo. So here's Worker we and Parasite. Cold War... <laughs> Eastern European communist cartoon entitled Worker and Parasite. The entire audience works at, walks out while the show's going on, too. And then, oh, I got canceled. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this is friggin' Quimby's press conference where he's like, yes, I used the city treasury to fund the murder of my enemies, but as Gabba would say, I'm a bad little boy. And he's elected by a landslide while more bodies are showing up. I always friggin' love that. You don't get that as a kid, that the cor- the corrupt government official thing, but as an adult, that's funny as hell. But yep, Krusty's canceled. That's it. And of course, he immediately tells off Mel. Mel tries to say something to him. We never did a bad show except for that week that Ray J Johnson was my co-host. You can call me Ray, and you can call me Jay. Yeah, that was funny for three seconds. And, of course, there's a throwback to that later on. <clears throat> so, Krusty goes to Johnny Carson's house to, you know, just to kind of talk to him. I also love that his uh, door chime is the Johnny Carson theme. Remember? Because this is Johnny Carson had literally just, I think, that year retired from The Tonight Show. Yeah, early 90s, yeah. That would have been Johnny Carson's retiring. Also, I love that he's got uh, 
He's like, you want to stay for dinner? My guests are going to be Dr. Carl Sagan and from the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry, which were like his two favorite guests. So. Other than Bob Euchre, holy shit, he was on a hundred times, you know that? Jeez. Bob Euchre. I like Bob Euchre. Uh, he auditions for Melrose Place, but fails the audition during the kiss scene because his nose honks. And he blows his last ten bucks on a horse race where the horse casually walks over to him and... Don't come over here. Oh, don't lick me. Oh. Uh, and then... Gabo steals Krusty's bit that he stole from Steve Allen. So he could do... To convince him that he's a Japanese camera company that's going to give him $2 million to do a commercial. How about you hit yourself over the phone? And, of course, just, like, somebody got to ruin Gabo's career the way he ruins Krusty's. And Lisa's like, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right, Bart. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Dad, two wrongs make a right, Lisa. <laughs> I always love that freaking line. Which is funny because, it like, literally the next day. Yeah, two wrongs. on the air. Two wrongs make a right. There's, you know, Gabo speaks while he thinks he's off the air, but he's still on the air. Well, he's... Children here in Springfield, a bunch of SOBs. Gabo, be quiet. Oh, I won't want to offend the little SOBs. <laughs> but I like that he gets the the sarcastic teamster out of the way. He's like, uh, you wouldn't be interested. It's too lowbrow. No, no, Pally, I'm quite lowbrow. It's like, somebody wrote a nasty limerick on the men's room wall. Ha, this I gotta see. And of course, Gabo's called out by Kent Brockman, who immediately gets called out himself when he's like, that'll hold those little SOBs. But Gabbo's doing okay while Brockman gets fired, according to the newspaper. And that's when Krusty they find Krusty on the side of the road, willing to drop pants for food. One of my favorite jokes ever. This is so good. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing, Krusty? And they're like, well, I mean, that guy's giving it away for free. <laughs> Old gray man, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. And ain't what she used to be. There's even a and there's a callback to that too. <clears throat> He's like, I've been on TV for 35 years. Nobody remembers me. Just like what's his name and the other guy, the one that wore always wore the shirt. You mean Ed Sullivan? Yeah, him. So they bring him back to his apartment and they see all these. All these famous people that he knows. Famous people. All these, like, 8x10s with customized messages. You know Luke Perry? Yeah, no, him. He's my worthless half-brother. He's a big TV star. Yeah, on Fox. I always love how the show got so many digs in at their own network because it was in their contract that the censors didn't get to see it. So he's just like, how about we get all these people that you know and we'll bring them in for a big comeback special? He's like, you know what? That's actually not a good idea, not a bad idea. So he gives him his address book, and he's like, I'm going to get back onto TV. And that's when he realizes that the crazy old man is now on TV singing. It's the crazy old man singers. Yeah. And the the whole, gray man ain't what she used to be. Oh, the whole collection of them. That's such a great joke. So let's meet all of Krusty's celebrity buddies as Bart and Lisa go to recruit them. First on the list is Bette Midler. You know, they owned a racehorse together, right? Yeah. So she's doing a roadside cleanup. Yep. 
it's like, so how do you do this all by yourself? She'd be like, well, we're Americans. We deserve clean highways. And as soon as Snake throws a can out, she chases him down. Oh, no, it's Bette Midler. She runs him down. Again, this is a major highway, so he's going 55 at least. Bette Midler is going 60. So it doesn't matter. He crashes the truck. Oh, my God. So, of course, she agrees to be on the special as another guy throws a can out. It's time to take out the trash. I'll get you for this, Midler! Oh, that's such a great segment. So, Bart, on the other hand, is now going to Hugh Hefner's Shelbyville mansion, where he's got on the robe and he's got the bubble pipe going. And he's getting a nice little tour. You know, everybody knows about these rooms, but nobody knows that we've got a biosphere or the Energy Research Center and all the bunnies are doing scientist work. He's like, you know, <clears throat> the grotto uses all this water, so the bunnies thought we should go this way. Oh, that's smart business, Hef. I can call you Hef, right? No. But it doesn't matter. He still gets him on. Uh, we see that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are appearing at Moe's. You told our agent this place holds 30,000 people. Well, yeah, they were here last night. Now the audience is getting restless. Yeah, we want Chili Willy. <laughs> so how does Bart get them out of the gig? Because so, they agree they'll be on the special if, they, if Bart can save them from this gig. What does he do, Dan? Uh, <laughs> Mo, look over there. Yeah, I just go look over there. What am I looking oh, at? Yeah. And then see. they walk out, Homer comes in. Can I look too? Yeah, it'll cost you. Let me go get my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Back to the wall. Is that it? And then, of course... Um, I'm only going to do this about five more minutes. And then, of course, we're at Elizabeth Taylor's house. Oh, Miss Taylor, these grade school kids want you to be on a crusty special. I told them to shove it. She's like, ah, good. He goes right back to polishing her awards. So the kids are so excited they go back to see Krusty and... Oh my. What, what do you think Scott Steiner would say about Krusty? Well, he's been... He, he's been trying to get ready and get in shape to do his show. So he's been eating nothing but milkshakes. <laughs> the diet ones, right? Uh-oh. Oh no. <laughs> He's going to stay at the Simpsons house till he can work off the weight. Which, of course, Homer's like, you can sleep on the sofa. Falls out into a bed. And he starts ripping at it. Oh, wait, that was our whole couch. <laughs> so he's doing aerobics with Marge, whose hair is taking out all the photos on the mantle. Yeah, that's fucking funny shit right there. <clears throat> uh, he's working on his aim with all the pies. And Homer's, of course, waiting with his mouth wide open. He's like you gotta, you know, like you gotta have the the right motivation while doing it. Yeah. So he brings out one out of the oven, and of course he hits it right in the face. Yep. But Homer's <laughs> Homer screams in pain, but then he's just like, mmm, blueberry. And they're they're doing boxing training, which Krusty's not doing so well on. But then he sees Gabbo on TV, and he starts punching out Homer. So Maggie quickly changes the channel to save her father and puts on the stock market, which shows that pork prices are going up. And Homer gets the upper hand immediately. 
He even tries to uh, bring back Sideshow Mel. Oh, I almost forgot my favorite my favorite gag when he's punching the meat and Homer's eating it. And then he flexes in the mirror. He's all muscular, but he's really just back to his normal size. He tries to recruit Mel back. Mel works at the Gulp and Blow now. And he's just like, you always treated me poorly, Krusty. Last time, you poured liquid nitrogen down my pants and cracked my buttocks with a hammer. It's like, you just want to waste your time hanging out with a bunch of dorky teenagers? Oh, sorry, I've got your taco. Whoops, I dropped it in the deep fryer. Ow, ow, ow. Mr. Johansson treats me with dignity. Is this clown bothering you, Mel? No, that's all right, Mr. Johansson. I'll handle it. And then, of course, here's your taco, sir. Yeah, I don't want it. But this comes out of my salary. If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. The squeaky voice teen and all his <laughs> various jobs that he appears. So. <clears throat> we're, we're doing uh, rehearsals. So they're doing a balloon bit. He's like, look, kids, a horsey. What are you making, Sideshow Luke Perry? I made a 19th century carousel. <laughs> And, of course, he threatens him. You're going to upstage me? It's like, oh, come on. I can do something for mom's sake. Well, let's see if we can find something. And he gets a vision of shooting Sideshow Luke Perry out of a cannon. And he goes through, like, a million things with buildings. Uh, yes. Stuff. And then he, he lands in a pillow factory and he goes, ooh, pillow factory. <laughs> My... And then it gets blown up. Of course it does. Because what else would have happened? So there's a Ray J. Johnson callback here because Krusty's comeback special sold out and no one's going to Gabbo. And he's like, who do we have for our show? We have Ray J. Johnson. And he does the head spinning. He even improves the lyrics for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You can't change our lyrics. They're like our children, man. Well, you know the part where you're like, what I got, you got to get and put it in you. How about just what I'd like is I'd like to hug and kiss you. Oh, Wow. That's much better. Everyone can enjoy that. That's the thing, right? Is like, as much fun as celebrities are on the shows, it's more fun when they're able to poke fun at themselves. By the way, this is something I learned from doing my tournaments group and doing like Battle of the Bands and talking about music and everything. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are actually pretty freaking hated. Like, from some people I know, they're like... That Nickelback level of hatred. Which is odd, because there's shit rules. Well, I mean, everybody's got that taste, right? But that's the thing I've noticed, is if you don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're not indifferent to them. You hate them. It's not like, it's not like, oh, you know, it. This is it's like Nickelback or Creed, right? The people who don't like them really don't like them. And I never knew that up until a couple years ago, that they were that hated. I guess I can see it, right? I could see how some of their songs would be really annoying. I like them, but I, I guess I can understand where they're coming from. I don't know. Just one of those things that was it was kind of unique to learn. <clears throat> so the Krusty Comeback Special kicks off from, you know, Springfield, the entertainment capital of this state. And Krusty sings a sad version of Send in the Clowns. And reunites with Sideshow Mel. I love you, Krusty. Quiet! He gets to shoot Luke Perry out of a cannon. And of course, I took notes on everything. First, he flies through a rack of sandpaper. 
Then he flies through stacks of acid that Apu is stacking at the Quickie Mart and screams, My face! My valuable face! And then, like you said, he lands at a pillow factory just in time for the demolition crew to blow it up. Ah, oh, it's so funny. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are performing in their underwear. That, of course, is a parody of the time they perform naked. Maybe that's why people don't like them. And, of course, he's like, this is degrading. As he's dressed up for a little stinker sketch where he's got, like, the old-timey... The old-timey kid clothing on and a giant Give me a bigger lollipop! Yes! So what do you got for us, Johnny Carson? You got jokes? Nah, I'm gonna lift a Buick Skylark over my head and sing opera while he does it. Yes. (laughs) And we see Elizabeth Taylor watching the performance while she's cleaning a giant diamond. And Hugh Hefner is playing music on wine glasses, which you actually can do. That is a real thing you can do. And she's like, yeah, I gotta fire my agent. And then, of course, we get the Bette Midler scene where she does the throwback, where she sings Wind Beneath My Wings to Krusty, and of course he joins in. She's like, you deserve an Emmy for this. Nah, I hate the stupid Emmy know-nothing. Oh, hey, hey! (laughs) But we're at an after party. It's held at Moe's. I always love that uh, Hugh Hefner's on the love tester and it comes up as cold fish and he starts throttling it angrily. And then Johnny Carson's like, hey, Krusty, did you uh, save your money? Oh, yeah, sure did. Hey, here's that ruby-studded clown nose you ordered. And he immediately gets distraught. Chili Peppers show up in their underwear, but Wiggum and, and Hibbert are already doing it too. I say if it looks good... If it feels good, do it. (laughs) Okay. Hey, don't snap my undies. And then he thanks Bart and Lisa for helping him. And they're like, I don't know how to thank you. Well, we're getting 50% of the t-shirt sales. What? You little... uh, That's the sweetest part of the... Uh, You guys deserve it. Yep. (laughs) To Krusty, the greatest entertainer in the world. Except for maybe that guy. And there's Johnny Carson playing an accordion, balancing the bus, the uh, the 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 bus bench with Grandpa and Jasper on it while they are playing checkers or something. <clears throat> and something I only noticed watching this episode. When Bart does the toast, Elizabeth Taylor is on the outside of Moe's looking in. Yes. I only just noticed that for the first time watching it this for this for this review. And that made me laugh. I never noticed that before. That just proves how how good they are at all of their various sight gags. Is where they can throw that stuff in. So yes, Krusty gets cancelled. Great way to end season four. Let's do some trivia, because we've got a lot of this. Did you notice a character in the show did not have any lines of dialogue, Dan? Did you notice this? A character? Yes. Marge has no lines whatsoever. Julie Kavner sat out the episode completely because she wanted to protest the overuse of celebrity guest stars. This would be the first time in the history of the series that one of the family members does not have a single line. Yes, there are other episodes where there's even some episodes where where some of the core family aren't in them at all. But for this episode, Marge has zero lines. Yeah, but that's the point of the episode, 
is that there's going to be all these people on it. Right. Plus, this is when The Simpsons started to pick up with the celebrity stuff. Like, they really picked up here. So, I mean, obviously she softened her stance because Marge clearly appears in other episodes with lots of celebrities. I mean, Marge has dialogue in Homer at the Bat. That had nine celebrities on it. So... Uh, Bette Midler's condition for guest starring was that the show promoted her anti-littering campaign. And they did a hell of a job with that, too. Because they made that one of the funniest jokes. Of course, Gabo comes from the 1929 Great Gabo. Also dealt with a ventriloquist in his dummy. Although it was actually the ventriloquist that was named Gabo. The dummy was called Otto. But we have already got an Otto, so I guess we're not doing that. There is a scene in where the Red Hot Chili Peppers each greet Mo, and of course Flea goes, Hey, Mo! During recording, Flea was not even in the booth at the time, but screamed so loudly that they decided to use the take anyway. That sounds about right. <laughs> Do you know who the first guest star to agree to do this episode was out of all of them? You want to take a guess? Elizabeth Taylor. No, Luke Perry. Luke Perry was the first one who decided. And they renamed him in the Latin America dub as Robert Redford because they were concerned that Latin America public didn't know who Luke Perry was. And oh they my make God! Him look like Robert Redford, or is it clearly Luke Perry? But they're saying it's Robert Redford. I mean, I don't know. I guess they just went with it. <clears throat> Brad Bird animated the "Send in the Clowns" part because they do that part where they've got the two shots of Krusty from different angles. You know, where he fades in with the close-up while we're still on the far shot. And they, the animators were having trouble with it, so they brought in an expert. Uh, they wanted to have an ex-president of the United States on the show. They wrote very respectful but cute parts for the then-living ex-presidents, which at the time would have been Nixon, Ford, Carter, and Reagan. But they all turned them down. In fact, the only one who responded was Reagan, who sent them a politely worded rejection. Everybody else said no. And I don't think they ever had any of them actually come on as their own voices. I mean, they've obviously done all those characters before. They just did Jimmy Carter in the last episode we reviewed. Not the actual Jimmy Carter, a statue of him, but... I don't think they ever had Nixon or Gerald Ford provide their own voices, even though they've been on the show as characters. This was one of the few times Johnny Carson appeared on TV after his retirement. So you were right. He was already retired, and this was actually a post-retirement appearance. So Elizabeth Taylor... Remember on Lisa's first word, she provided the voice of Maggie as like a little guest thing. She did her dialogue for this episode on the same day. Yeah, I wonder if Barry White did the same thing because he's just in that opening opening scene. Yep. 
The celebrity aspect of the episode almost got it canceled because the producers were unable to get an obligation before the recording deadline. Good lord. (laughs) So, you know how they did uh, Worker and Parasite to to spoof the Soviet cartoons? Mm -hmm. The animation director, David Silverman, actually Xeroxed several drawings and intentionally made the animation jerky. So that's why they look so weird and different. And then, in a sad piece of trivia... This is considered one of the deadliest episodes of The Simpsons because of how many guest stars are on it that are no longer alive. Barry White, who passed away in 2003. Johnny Carson, who passed away in 2005. Elizabeth Taylor, who passed away in 2011. Of course, Marsha Wallace as Mrs. Krabappel is still credited, although I don't believe Mrs. Krabappel had any lines on this episode. Uh, Hugh Hefner passed away in 2017, and Luke Perry passed away in 2019. Said, God damn. To be fair, all of them except for Luke Perry should be dead by now. Yes. I I I can agree with that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that point, but yeah. So yeah, a lot of uh but this was a pretty guest star heavy episode and it is back in ninety three. It kind of like when when you and I when we do wrestle talk for the patron show and we review something from 1987 and I'm like God almost everybody on the show is dead, but you know when you when you consider the fact that you and I were single digit age when that show aired, some of those guys were already in their 40s and 50s appearing on the show, so it's really not that surprising. But there you have it. What do you think, Dan? Ending season four. It's a fun episode. Again, it's it's all about the celebrity part. So, like, yeah, but it's fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. The uh, the, the celebrities are the whole aspect of it too. And we got all of the Red Hot Chili Peppers to appear as themselves, which is always nice. Ah, season four has concluded. So the next time we come to you guys, we're going to review another classic episode to kick off Season 5. It is called Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Mm. Did did you know that Homer was in a barbershop quartet? Did you say something stupid like the Beatles and say you're bigger than God? (laughs) Yes. That was the name of our fourth album. Exactly. So we're going to do... Another appearance by David Crosby, actually, because he is in that episode. But yes, the uh, the B sharps. So Homer's Barbershop Quartet is going to kick off what will be season five. Now, we we've teased a lot of stuff about season five going forward, obviously. But uh, one of the one of the big things to remember about season five is not only does it contain some of the best episodes of the entire series. But if you're going to talk about a single season of The Simpsons that would be The Simpsons' best season, season four is a really good one to go with. But I'm looking at the rundown for season five, and I'm realizing how many of my favorite episodes come from this season. Uh, so, 
Yeah, there is... This is going to be another really good challenge for best overall season of the show. And if everybody remembers their classic Simpsons moments, get ready for... I didn't do it. Because that's coming up this season, too. The I didn't do it, boy. Homer and Apu comes up. Homer in space. Yeah, there there's a lot to love. And Stampy. Stampy's in this one, too. There's a lot to love about what we got coming up with this season here. So, the next time we come to you on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to kick off Season 5, and it's just going to go uphill from there. Check out all the great stuff on CKCC Radio. However you listen to us is perfect. Thank you for continuing to tune in and support us. Go to patreon.com slash clubkfabe for bonus content every week. And subscribe to our Twitch, twitch.tv slash CKCC online to see Dan and I play various video games. I've got some Pokemon streams that I'm going to be working on, and Simpsons Hit and Run is on the agenda, which I'm really, really looking forward to that one, because, God, I love that game. But that's that's all in the future. we got to stick to the now. So we'll see you guys next time to kick off Season 5 on another Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting? Nothing at all. <laughs>